0: Welcome to the St. Mary AME Church Weekly Podcast. I am the Reverend James T. Taylor. We're located at 600 South Salem Street in Apex, North Carolina. Our mailing address is post office box 608, Apex, North Carolina, 27502. Our email address is St. Mary AME Church one at yahoo.com. Come go with us as we gather strength and direction from the word of God. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, thanking you for the opportunity to call upon your name. Father God, we know that you have all power in your hand and we submit our life unto your hands. Mold us and make us that we will be yet what you have designed us to be from the beginning of time. Bless and keep us that we may be a light To this dark world in the name of Jesus, the Christ we pray. Amen. Our scripture text today will come from first Samuel, the 16th chapter, begin reading at the 14th to the 23rd verse. It reads like this. Let our Lord command his servant here to search for someone who can play the harp. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes upon you and you will feel better So Saul said to his attendant, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I've seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the harp. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is fine looking man. And the Lord is with him. Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey load with bread, skin of wine, and a young goat and sent them with his son David to Saul. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much and David became one of his armor bearers Then Saul sent word to Jesse saying, allow David to remain in my service for I am pleased with him. Whenever the spirit from God came upon Saul, David would take his harp and play. Then relief would come to Saul and he would feel better and the evil spirit would leave him. I would like to use today for a topic, how God molds us for servantship. If we would read earlier passage of this scripture, we find out that at one point in Saul's life, He was used by the Lord to accomplish great things. Yet in this verse, we find the king living through some desperate times. Because of Saul's rebellion, God removed his spirit from the king and allowed an evil spirit to torment him. Saul was gripped by depression and violent mood swings. In 1 Samuel 18, 8 through 12, we we see in in an effort, as we read earlier, to help their master, Saul's servant suggested that he find someone who was skilled on the harp. It was thought that music might calm the spirit of King Saul. It has been said that music hath calmed the savage beef and apparently worked for Saul. It is against this backdrop of depression, madness, spiritual tragedy that David is once again put onto the stage Of his journey. While David had already been anointed to be the next king of Israel, Saul was allowed to occupy the throne until his successor was fully trained. God even used the madness of King Saul to help train and mold the shepherd boy David for his future role as king. In fact, God used four very specialized tools to mold and train David. For his role as king. I do believe that David probably would have never chosen what he had to go through, but this was the way that God was preparing him for the work that laid ahead. God uses these things in David's life, and he also uses the same tools in our life that we may be molded and trained to be servants of of the Most High God. One of the tools that was used was solitude. We are now in a crisis in our nation and in our communities that we are, majority of the time, we are in solitude or in isolation. At this point, I do believe that we are able to take this time to grow in Christ. In other words, we take the time that we have alone to grow thereby, this will become a more positive experience that when we leave out of this situation that we find ourselves in, we will be a better people to serve our God and mankind. So as we look at the solitude thing, we see that just like David, he, he, you know, he was lonely and he spent a lot of his times on the heels of Judea. Um, he was the, the companions to the sheep. Uh, the, the, the starry skies was his cathedral and the vast expanse of nature as his classroom. And, and that learned some of the most valuable basic lessons of life. He learned how to be alone with God and with himself away from distractions and the noise of others. David learned how to hear the voice of God. David learned how to commune with God. David learned how to worship the Lord. David learned how to be at peace with himself. There is no value that can be placed on those kinds of lessons. It is priceless. Of course, I must say, in our world today, uh, we do not want to be alone. And a lot of times, we uh, fail to spend alone time with God. It it, it seems that we have trouble in being alone, That that, that we cannot survive without noise, we cannot survive without activity. We we cannot survive without having other people around us. I must suggest to you that if you have trouble in being alone with yourself, that you probably have some issues within your inner self that you need to deal with. Because if you can't live with you, you will be a very difficult individual to live with around people. And and see, we we know that Jesus sought time to be alone with his father. Mark 1 and 35 says, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed. And we can also look at Luke 4 and 42. It says, And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place and the people sought him and came unto him and stayed that he should not depart from them. We all need some time with the Lord. If the son of God saw the value and the need that it benefit him from being alone with God, his father, how much more do we need that kind of intimacy with our father we should not fear the times of solitude when when god shuts us off with himself it is in this time of solitude that we learn to hear his voice and walk with him it is in the time of solitude that god prepares for us a greater thing Therefore, make the time and take the time to get along with God, away from the hustle and bustle of life. And find a place and you begin to commune with God in that that secret place, a place where you can hear his voice without the distractions of this world, thereby knowing that you are able to hear his voice. God uses this tool of solitude. There's a favorite song of mine that I always loved that said, walk with me, Lord. As I go through this journey. And then there's another song is that his eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me. And the second point I like to make is that that God molds and trains us in secret. Before David would ever sit on the throne and rule the nation of Israel, he would first spend countless hours alone unacknowledged, unappreciated. Day after day, David spent the time with his father, sheep on the lonely hill of Judea. There, David learned to be faithful to his responsibilities, even though no one else was watching. He learned obedience. He learned humility. He learned to be watchful. He learned a lesson in the secret places that he could have never learned in the place of prominence. He was trained in a classroom of obscurity. And when he finally received the attention and applause of others, it did not go to his head because he had learned the lesson that he had no one else to please but God. You're probably saying right now, I don't recall a time right now that that God trained folk in private before they began to make their public debut. Uh, before Elijah stood in, in power on Mount Carmel, he learned to walk with God faithfully in private. Before Elisha stood tall before Israel as a prophet of God, he learned to serve in the background as he followed Elijah. Before Moses was fit to lead Israel, he spent 40 years in the shadow of Mount Horeb, leading Jephro's sheep. The same truth can even be seen in the life of Jesus. Before he ever presented himself as Israel's Messiah and Savior, he was raised in obscurity. It was in that place of secrecy that God prepared the Lamb of God for his greatest work. Therefore, we should never despise the days of obscurity. And I always say we should never despise Small beginnings. I I remember many, many years ago when I went to my first pastorate, and I and I walked into the church, and and I said, "Lord," I looked around, and everything was in disrepair, and I said, "Lord, you got to be kidding me." But then a small voice within me said. You'll work this thing through and with God's help, it will become successful. And that's what happened. So do not despise small beginning because there were some things that I learned that I would have never learned if I had not had to go through the things that I went through. And we need to always understand. We need to thank God for the small beginnings. But a lot of us, we have lofty dreams. We all want to be used greatly by God. We want to be in the forefront. We want God to do great things through us uh, so people can see what God is doing through us. But we must also realize that if it may not be God's plan uh, and you may not be ready. God knows where and how and what time he is to use us. And when he is ready and we are ready. Then we can become an asset to the kingdom I'm convinced that some of those who are who are big dogs in their own eyes and in the eyes of others will have to step aside as some of the, for the some of the unknown saints of God to move ahead of the line I'm convinced that some of god's greatest rewards are reserved for those precious saints who have labored in, in the secret uh, they, they they did the the, the behind the scene work, they were not looking for fame or fortune. All they wanted to do is to please God. And it didn't matter if no one ever called their name, but their relationship with God was so strong that they kept on doing what God had assigned their hands to do. He has saved his best for those who have gone unnoticed, unrecognized, unacknowledged, and unappreciated. He has something special waiting on those who have carried the load and and bored the burdens for others. He will not forget those who have paid the price in prayer and sacrifice for the glory of God. Men may never see what you do in public, but God knows and God does not forget. I feel in my spirit that somebody said, Lord, I, 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 I see some things more clearly now. And and, and the, the next point i like to make is that God molds for us for servantship and sameness. There could be little doubt that day by day, David went through boring situations, countless days, endless routines, the same thing day in and day out, that it was marked in the life of David But it was in those boring routine parts of life that David learned to be a man of God. It was there alone on the mountaintop doing the same thing day after day and David learned priceless lessons of faithfulness. David applied himself to the task of giving his best during the boring times of his life. And then when God promoted him he did not have to learn to be faithful. He already knew how to be faithful. He did not have to learn how to be responsible. He'd already learned that lesson also. God used an unending, boring type of routines in David's life for greater things. Um, Oh yes, we need to understand that the same is true for us today. Oftentimes we think that we're going through routine things uh, and and we wonder why we keep doing the same old, same old. But I'm here to tell you that God is making you. What we fail to see is that God is working um, in those routines routine things. If life unfolds, if, if days change, you're still doing the same thing, showing your faithfulness and, and we need to tell God, I thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, as we learn to be more faithful in seemingly unsignificant errors in our life, um, God will expand our level of responsibility. And matter of fact, not only responsibility, but but God will expand our levels of opportunity. All we have to do is be faithful uh, and re- remember you and tell yourself, I'm doing this as unto God. If nobody ever tells me, thank you. But I know that I'm doing it as unto God uh, and I give God the praise. Because one day, one glad morning, when this life is over, I know surely that we will fly away. Therefore, let me encourage you to remain faithful in little things, for in the final analysis, the little things are the foundation of our lives. Keep on praying even when it appears that he isn't listening. Keep on doing what you're supposed to do even when folk don't appreciate it. Keep on giving even when it gets financially tight. Keep on living for Jesus day in and day out. Refuse to turn back or waver from following him. In his time, he will bless you. Bless you and reward you for being faithful, doing the routine things of life and we just got to keep on holding on. The final point I want to make is that God molds us for servantship in struggles. David's life was not all about the boring and the routine. We hear him tell about encounters he had with lions and a bear. We watched as he walked alone into a valley and he killed a, a giant named Goliath. We see him ignored, criticized, uh, underestimated. We can even see him as he is hated and pursued by King Saul. God used the classroom of adversity. As a valuable tool to design to teach David about the power, provision, and providence of God. Let me say that one more time. God uses the adversities, the troubles, the trials, the tribulations that we must go through to teach us about his power, about his provision, and about his providence. There are times when things in our life seem to be bored and, and we are just shattered by adversity. But God's purpose in those times is not to hurt us, but to grow us. He desires to teach us patience, faith, and dependence upon him. And in order to do that, he sends us trials and adversities. After all, nothing teaches us more about love than being faithful and the power of God and having him safely lead us through our valley. Even David said, yea, though I walk through the valleys and the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I know someone is saying, "I, I, I, I just can't recall right now about who had some adversities in scripture. Well, come to mind, there was uh, three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. There was Daniel, there was Elijah, there was Noah, there were Mary, there was Martha and, and Lazarus and, and Jairus and, and a thief on the cross. And the, the list continues. Uh, and you might as well add your name to the list uh, because the Lord has brought you from a mighty long way through all trials and tribulations. You made it. Uh, and you need to let the devil know that I'm still standing. Um, I do not look like what I come through. I still standing up for the Lord and I'm going to stand until the Lord takes me home because I know that I've done all that I could do through the struggles. And God has never failed me. God allowed David to walk through some hard places and we all have. That he might be used in the future there's a song that says please be patient with me god is not through with me when god get through with me i shall come forth as pure gold of course we don't want to go through struggles But we we need to realize that 10% of what happens to us in life could shake your very foundation. But about 90% is how you respond to what happens to you. Just as trials and tribulations and isolation come in our lives and we experience it today. We're going to walk through some harsh days, some some difficult valleys. But he will keep us. Let us not despise the struggles that we go through because they come to make us strong for it can build our character quicker than any other thing that we are exposed to. As David was made on the wheels of life, God was shaping this young man to be the king of Israel. And David would become a great leader in his own right. And he had all these attributes and we should strive also to have these attributes. We need to ask ourselves, can I see the evidence of God working in my life? Is there room for me to improve in my walk with Christ? If so, Lord, show me so that I may improve. Because I want to be all that you have designed for me to be. Mold me, make me, Lord, after your will. And when it's all said and done, God, I want you to get the glory out of my life. Because you are the reason that we live and breathe so that we can help our fellow man as we sojourn on this side of Zion. Amen. I trust and believe that something has been said that will bring you closer to your relationship with God. Go and let your light shine so that mankind will see your good works and glorify the father.